Growth Through Grief podcast, where we interview individuals just like you dealing with their own journey from loss to growth, along with mental health experts, growth guides, all with the purpose of helping you heal better, improve mind, body, and spirit, and find your new purpose from the loss and the tragedy that you've unfortunately experienced. Hi, I'm Tom Pasello, your ROI guy, your host. I'm a growth evangelist founder of Growth Through Grief, as well as a fellow widower. I lost my beautiful bride, Judy, um, five years ago to the day, and we were married for 19 years with two beautiful children. Today, we are welcoming back Helen, Helen Keeling Neal. Welcome back. Thank you, Tom. Helen is a licensed, awesome. Helen is a licensed mental health counselor, a licensed marriage and family therapist. She's also a nationally certified counselor she hails from Winter Park, Florida, which is where she has her practice. And uh, she, too, unfortunately, has experienced loss, uh, loss of her husband, David. And uh, that just when her children were four and six years old. Helen, welcome. Thank you. So we are here to discuss uh, an interesting topic, one that I think as uh, widowers start to go out and date and start to have relationships that I know I faced and many of you will face as well. And that is incompatible bedfellows, your new partner and your grief. Um, when we date, many of us have faced a point where our new partners kind of struggle a little bit. They may not be comfortable with the grief and the spirits of our lives past. Talk about that, Helen, and some of your experiences there. Yeah, you know, the difference between loss through death and loss through divorce is so profound. And the most challenging component is that in loss of life, it doesn't end the love. <laughs> most of the time in a divorce situation, it does end the love. So people will leave that situation and it wouldn't necessarily not all the time but most of the time have any loving leftovers as they split up but for those of us who've lost someone the love doesn't go away and that i think is quite difficult for someone when you're starting a new relationship with them because it's almost like having to reconcile that you love someone else and you love this person. And it's a difficult concept to get that the heart can expand to encompass both. And that the fact that this love is still there for um, a spouse who's passed away or a girlfriend or a boyfriend that's passed away doesn't mean that love is not here for the present partner. Yeah, I totally agree with that. In the sense of the heart expanding, talk about that a little bit, Helen, because I think that's a great metaphor for it, where there's still love left. Now, not all of us had perfect relationships with our late spouse, right? right. But um, in a divorce, a, a lot of times you leave that relationship and it's not only is there no love for the person, but there's often hate and other things to deal mm -hmm. with. Mm -hmm. um, with a loss of a spouse, there's definitely love remnants that are there and the heart is still full in a way it's not empty it's not an empty vessel mm -hmm. um a lot of times i think the partner feels like well is there any room for me 
in that yeah. part that isn't empty that still may be quarter full, half full, or full full. Talk yeah. about that. The wonderful thing about human hearts is that they have this unlimited capacity for love. And so, you know, even if someone is worried that there isn't enough love to go around, the human, the state of humanness is that we expand our love to encompass someone new. And we don't have to cut off the heart mm -hmm. piece that holds the love from the past. You don't have to do that. You don't have to dismiss it or cut it off or pretend it's not there because your heart love will just grow and i look at it in the context of what it's like going from one child to another i don't know about you but i was thinking how could i possibly love another child as much as i i love my firstborn and it literally my second child was born and it was a my heart doubled in size and mm -hmm. and then encompassed her and that's the same kind of love that happens when you have a new partner after you lost someone and there's really actually a great strength in that because it shows this ability to expand and love without having to dismiss any of the feelings from the past and it's wonderful it just really is an opportunity to grow and become even more loving as a person as you find this person that you want to give that to the other thing to remember tom too is i want to point out that no Love is the same. No relationship is ever the same and no love is ever the same. And that there is not a sort of hierarchy in that in partnership. One, the new partner might feel like, oh, I, you, you don't love me as much as you loved your wife or um, loving her detracts from the love that you have for me. And, and that's just not so. It's not competitive. And it doesn't need to be. It's expansion. Yeah. Couple of things on that. So when you begin dating again, a lot of times in the home, there'll still be some pictures up. Mm -hmm. um, many of us have a hard time removing those pictures or if they have been removed, there's always still a couple of favorites that mm -hmm. often are around. And I like to keep uh, pictures of Judy up, uh, particularly for the kids of yep. when we first met. They tend to love those pictures and mm -hmm. um, and that beautiful woman when we first met, when the relationship was just in its beginning form, the kids mm -hmm. are gravitated towards those. Yeah. And um, I want to keep them up, but sometimes yeah. that can cause issues. And I know that other widowers have faced this as well, where, mm -hmm. um, you know, spousal pictures or sometimes or late wife pictures will sometimes cause issues. Talk about that and, and maybe ways that we can understand how our partner, our new partner mm -hmm. might feel in this and uh, ways where there should be boundaries or, or we need to kind of establish um, the status quo. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, every partner wants to feel like they are the most special, the most important um, and that they're the priority. And so that can feel for some people like they are not the priority. But this is a, a different piece because it really is about loss and grief and honoring the person for that part of their journey. So there are some nuances here which are, can be hard to navigate and also depends on the partnership. It depends on who you're dating. If you're dating and someone doesn't have a secure 
attachment or struggles with their own ego strength and feeling their own value or feeling worthwhile or feeling lovable, then they're going to struggle with the presence of the memory of love. Because that's what that is. That's the presence of the memory of love. And so sometimes you'll see someone coming in and will make demands to like change everything, everything how it looks or take all the pictures down, almost like someone's expected to box up the entire past history of that relationship and put it in the attic. That can tend to be about unresolved issues in a partner. Is it important to be caring, respectful, and understanding to make sure that the person who maybe if you're moving in together feels like their, um, their essence, their energy is now in your home together and it's your coupleship energy in there? Yes. But um, if there are particular photos that are really important to the family, you need to have a discussion about that and talk about, hey, take them out of the bedroom for sure, right? Um, add new photos of you and your coupleship together. Have it take that one photo that's special and maybe, you know, um, your daughters may want to have that as they move forward and and create their own home. And you have a copy too that you may have in your office or in an area that is um, not, it's, you're still there and you still have a presence, still have a connection, but it's not the focal point. It's not the focus in the home. I think that's important. I recently took a, a, a photo and it went from the dresser in my bedroom to the bedside table, uh, the longer I was dating someone, to now it's in the spare bedroom. Yeah. Right, so this is my progression of, okay, this is the, right, let me, now it's over here. So, you, you know, it's still there. I still have David's presence because we have a family unit. We have children. That's always going to be. And I still feel like I have, um, I'm honoring him, but I don't need that to be in the forefront of my home anymore. If someone have you ever struck? Go ahead. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask you if you ever struggled with um, a partner indicating, well, you know, I feel like David is on a pedestal and I can't compete with them. Yeah, that happens a lot. And, you, you know, it, it's not competitive. And that's what is a really important piece. It's not a competition. If a widow or widower is in a relationship and they're looking to that person to become similar to their deceased spouse, then that the widower or widower is not ready for a relationship because they are not with the person for who they are. They're maybe playing out their grief through that relationship. But if someone's in a relationship because they want to be in a relationship and they want to be in a relationship with that person, but that person is setting themselves up in competition with a deceased spouse, well, they're setting themselves up to fail because you can't compete with someone who is dead. You just cannot, and you shouldn't. It, it's a completely different thing. These are two completely different relationships. They 
should not be compared either by someone personally towards that person or by the widow or widower. And so just reinforcing that. Yeah, keep going, Helen, sorry. Just reinforcing that and also being careful to not go over to your partner's side of the street and try and make that better for them. There's a piece of emotional work that they may have to do there to become secure in who they are in relationship with you, um, whoever that is. Um, if they have enrolled themselves in the competitive role, there's probably something that they've experienced growing up in their divorce, in their previous relationships, whether it's divorce or not, that may have felt like they are in competition for something. Now, children make it harder sometimes because there is definitely an honor that needs to be done to your mm -hmm. late wife, um, particularly when there are special days and milestones yeah. um, that you want to celebrate and to remember. Um, mm -hmm. Mother's Day is a particular one that comes to mind. Uh, Judy's birthday, uh, an angelversary is mm -hmm. one mm -hmm. where there needs to be time dedicated to recognizing that this is a special day for the children and, and honoring. Uh, we had um, a widower I know who um, the burial place for his wife is not here. And so he traveled with the children, uh, rather recent mm -hmm. passing and traveled with the children to go and do that honor. Mm -hmm. It can sometimes cause challenges um, you know, mm -hmm. why are you going away to do that? Why do you have to, um, you know, celebrate and take a whole day to do X, Y, and Z? Why are there social posts with photos mm -hmm. and remembrance and things like that? Mm -hmm. We've all faced those comments and it's not just me. I'm sure you faced it, Helen. Right. I know of several widowers who've talked to me about this. So it's not uncommon and we want to respect the new relationship. And we want to make sure that they know that they're special and uh, yeah. that this is not, as you said, kind of a competition or uh, but at the same time, there's definitely some remembrance and, and honor and reverence that needs to be paid there. How how do you balance that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, these are really good points. I'm going to circle back for a second on the competition piece. Um, Mm -hmm. The part of a widow or widower is to be aware of not putting their deceased loved one up on a pedestal. And and mm -hmm. because if they are putting that person up on a pedestal, then it does also create a competitive kind of energy. So you want to be reality based when you talk about your loved one who's passed on. You know, things change as the time gets longer after a loss. So those first few years, those first five years or so, depending on the person, are really important and really are about honoring and remembering and celebrating and learning how to do it differently. And so an example would be for you, learning how to do it differently with your children. Mother's Day is a hugely important day. Father's Day is a hugely important day for us, or it was, it's not so much anymore because we're 12 years on for us, right? But it's really important that a new partner tread very carefully when there are children in the family unit who have lost a parent. 
those children's needs around their emotional needs, around celebrations and around uh, remembrances are really important. And having an understanding or an empathy towards the loss of a mom or a dad or a spouse is essential. So one would expect some empathy here. Um, I think sometimes opening up and asking that new partner if they would participate in something because they're important to you and important now in the family. I, I just throw out an example if maybe you and the girls were going to light a candle on Mother's Day um, for, for Judy. Maybe you might ask a partner to be with you while you did that and then also have another candle ready to light for her. So doing it in a way you would discuss that with the girls first to make sure that they were okay with that so that they wouldn't feel like it would detract from what they're trying to do for their mom, but finding some way to invite in a partner to include them. Um, and giving them an opportunity to step forward and be empathetic and supportive because that's what would be appropriate. Any friend would do that, right? That's an important thing. And then over time, what is equally as important is developing new traditions with your partner that are different from the old ones you've had in a different relationship. These are the cute things that are going to be your coupleship. Maybe this was what you did in, in your relationship with Judy, but now in this relationship, this is what you do to honor things. And then over time, as the years go by, there's a less of a need to really um, focus on a chunk of time. It becomes less and less as you, the grieving continues. Now, if someone doesn't do the grieving actively, then they can stay stuck in every anniversary for the next 30 years being this agonizing position and place to be in, which would make a partner feel like, what about, you know, what's going on here? <laughs> Are you looping your grief? Are you moving through the grief? I think active participation is good. I think it, another thing is, and I, I was writing about this today, expressing grief does not detract from love for someone else. I love that. It's just expressing grief. It has nothing to do with the new love. I think that many times it is viewed and can be viewed by your partner, especially if they've gone through divorce where they don't want to have any thoughts of, you mm -hmm. know, who it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And here you still have thoughts that, there's not an understanding of that. Does it make it where, do you think that, and I've had several widower brothers say, you know what, I think I just need to look for a widow because she mm, will understand yeah. the loss. And would it be easier? Would I not be dealing with some of these same issues? Um, what are your thoughts on that? You're, you're a widow. Mm -hmm. um, does it make it easy when there's a widower-widow relationship because you both have been through loss and can kind of understand it better? Mm -hmm. It certainly makes it easier to talk about it. 
right? Because you have that commonality. Would it be easier in a relationship? Yes, in some ways it could be easier, but I'm a firm believer in that you can work through anything in a relationship. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that. With divorce, there's so much that goes on it and it can be such an intense feeling and people tend to stay in the anger around the divorce and anger is a protection against sadness so sometimes um it's difficult for someone to support someone going through grief of loss if they haven't done their own grief process around their divorce or maybe a loss of a parent or some other kind of loss a death or something earlier on and that can get projected out why are you grieving it's this many years on maybe even translatable as i do not want to feel sad please stop your sadness yeah so I but you do have to, yeah you do have to let the other person go through their emotions support them yes. in that, and still know that there's love there how do you make sure that they know that you are looking to the future and not stuck in the grief of the past and that you are building a future with them, even if there is reverence done back to the past. Mm -hmm. Let me think about that for a second. How I know it's do big, you let them right? know? Well, you know, sometimes just the fact of being in a relationship with them is an example of that you are wanting to build a future and are not stuck in the past. I know you well enough to know that you are not a man who is stuck in the past. If anything, you're a man who is motivated by growth, is motivated by healing. You're a man who has gone to the deepest and darkest parts of your experience, including going all the way back to early childhood trauma stuff, mm -hmm. right? So you're the opposite of someone who is stuck. When someone is stuck, they're looping the same feelings over and over again around the exact same piece. Now, grief, grief can look like that because grief brings up big feelings, intense feelings, and they can be random. It's nonlinear and it might just come out of the blue, but it's different. <laughs> and the way you can see it's different is because you or I, we've moved on in our life. We've moved on in things we're doing. We both started dating, relationships, um, work changes, all these different things that you and I have been doing. If someone is at the point where they haven't been able to move anything in the house that belonged to their partner, then, and it's seven years later, they're stuck. Mm -hmm. They're stuck in it. If they can't even think about their wedding day without needing to go to bed for two hours after, after a certain number of years, we're not talking the first few years mm -hmm. beyond that, then they may be stuck in that grief and, and be recycling it. And then I find oftentimes that there's a, component in there that may warrant some digging down to some deeper stuff that it may not be about that grief, but it may be about the compound grief that's going on. But you're asking, how do you show someone? How do you prove to someone this? Well, you shouldn't have to. You don't have to prove it. You can just be 
as you are and live it and grow in getting to know this person and moving forward. You shouldn't have to pass a test. I love that, Helen. Yeah, thank you. And I think that there are a lot of widowers that I know have questioned me about it, where um, they feel like it in some ways is a test and they struggle with uh, it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One in yeah. particular is coming to mind and, um, mm-hmm. and they want to do, they want to honor the new relationship. They want to pass the test. Well, yeah. They want to pass the test. Mm-hmm. They want that relationship to mm-hmm. work. Yeah. And so, but there shouldn't be a test. Yeah. Yeah. That's totally not agree. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so is that a deal breaker? Quote unquote. Well, that, de- um, that depends on the couple. Usually, yeah. it, usually, you, you know, oh, this is what I was going to say before that I forgot. You either grow or you go. That's what I was going to talk about. Okay. That well, moment. Because we were talking about, yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Is it a deal breaker? Well, you either grow or you go. So you may have like a three hour intense conversation about this and there may be tears and anger and all this kind of stuff going through, but you either grow or you go. Mm-hmm. And so the, there's opportunity in a relationship to grow to a deeper understanding of each other and to say, hey, I feel like you're I'm in the SATs here and I need to get the correct score to be able to be with you. But this is not a fair test. And then the other person may say, hey, I feel like um, the ghost of your wife or husband is sitting next to us on the couch and I'm feeling like I'm not important. So you talk about it, you discuss it. Yeah, I love it. Absolutely love it. Helen, and this has been great talking about incompatible bedfellows with it. Um, What's the one piece of advice you'd like to give our widowers or growth warriors today about balancing new partner grief and how to adjust and handle and uh, grow in this. Mm-hmm. So I think the one piece would be to tread very carefully when there are children in the family, even adult children, because it's really important to remember that this is their mom or their dad that has been lost. And if a, a, a new partner comes in and now wants to put aside everything to do with mom, put aside or everything to do with dad, that will not help the building of this new family. In fact, if anything, it can fracture it. So it, tread, tread carefully and make sure to honor the children's feelings as well as your own as you're going through it, as well as being mindful and caring about new partner's feelings. Helen, incredible advice go or grow. Absolutely love it. (laughs) I think that's so memorable. Thank you so much for joining us again. You're welcome. Good to be here. If you'd like what you heard, please hit the like button, leave a comment as well. If you've got one or pop a question out there for Helen in the comments, we do read them and we will respond and be sure to subscribe so you can keep up to date on the latest growth through grief episodes. And until next time, my growth warriors, keep growing.